Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper coming to you today from the KNVBC studios at the North Valley Baptist Church here in Santa Clara, California. My, what a privilege it is to have you join me for the broadcast today. And what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and to share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. We've been studying together in the book of Hebrews, and now we're in the final chapter, Hebrews chapter number 13. At the outset of our study, as we went verse by verse through this great book of the Bible, I told you the theme of Hebrews is, of course, Jesus is better. And the Bible proves that, and the writer shows us that over and over again. He compares Jesus to angels, to creation, to Moses, to the Old Testament, to the uh, old sacrificial system, all of these things. And Jesus comes out on top, Jesus comes out ahead, and he comes out better. You know why? Because he is. He's God. He's the one who gave angels their life. He's the one who created the creation. He's the one who is the mediator of the New Testament. He is the the great high priest, all of these things. Jesus is better. We came to chapter 12 and found that admonition, keep running your race, run your race with patience. Remember, there is a crowning day coming. There is a finish line ahead. Christ is there with nail-pierced hands outstretched, welcoming his children home. Run, run the race. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Keep your eyes uh, toward heaven and don't get off course. And you have to understand that the writer, as he's writing to these Hebrew individuals, they would have much pressure to recant, much pressure to fall out, much pressure to not persevere and stay faithful. They'd have much pressure from their family and from their community and from uh, their heritage, their old religion. And so the writer says, hey, you, you just be patient. You just keep running. You just endure, and you press, un, uh, press toward the mark, considering Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith. Now we come to this final chapter in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 13. These are just some closing admonitions that are good for all of us, good for the Christian, good for the local church. And we talked about some of these last broadcast. He said you need to love one another. Let brotherly love continue. That word let, that's like saying allow it to happen. Don't interfere with that. Don't hinder that. Don't quench that. Don't grieve that. But love one another. Just get along with each other. Just be kind. Be Christ-like. Let brotherly love continue. It says, be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. He's saying you got to treat everybody that you come in contact with as though it's a, a visitor from another country, a heavenly country. You ought to treat them uh, with hospitality. Be a gracious host. Learn how to take care of people. Learn how to serve people. Learn how to be kind to people. And these are admonitions. Then, Verse 3, remember them that are in bonds is bound with them. He's saying, remember those who are being persecuted for their faith. Now, in America especially, we've had it fairly easy. We've cried persecution lately because of the little bit of restrictions that have been placed on us, but it's nothing in comparison to what Christians have faced in foreign lands throughout the uh, throughout the years. I'm talking about death and uh, imprisonment. I'm talking about having property seized and different things of that nature. And uh, so we've been blessed in America, but we're to pray for persecuted believers uh, all over the world. And he said, you suffer, uh, you, you pray for them as though you're bound with them. Those who are suffering as though you're also suffering. And uh, be mindful of that. Now we have some other admonitions. Verse 4, marriage. He talks about 
about marriage, that bond, that uh, covenant between a man and a woman is honorable in all and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. He's saying live a pure life. He's saying do right. He's saying don't give over to the desires of the flesh, but keep under your body. You keep yourself in subjection. You who are saved, especially be spirit-filled, not flesh-driven. All right, he says marriage is honorable. By the way, the world is trying to redefine that. They're trying to redefine what God has instituted. Marriage is a Christian or a thing, a Bible thing, a God thing. God created man and woman and joined them together. These two should become one, and that's what happened in the Scripture, and that's still God's definition. That's still the only true definition of what a marriage is. Marriage is honorable. Now, in our society today, you hear the uh, mocking of marriage and the undermining of marriage and the making light of marriage and uh, you know every sitcom and every movie that you watch uh, they just they just uh, why even go through that process but it's a biblical thing and the bible says here's an admonition love one another here's an admonition be a gracious host here's an admonition pray for those who are persecuted here's an admonition keep yourself pure and don't forget about a uh, marriage it's a biblical thing all right verse number five let your conversation now talking about your life the way you live out in the world, your conversation be without covetousness. And be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. Now, the first part is the admonition. The second part is a great truth. It says, let your conversation, your life, be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. He's saying, don't be like this crowd who you see what somebody else has and wants that, but be thankful for what God has blessed you with. You might not have what somebody else has. You might not get to experience what they've experienced, but you have exactly what God wants you to have. And be content. Be content. Be self contained. Be satisfied with what God provides for you. The reason there's so much trouble in our world today is because people aren't content. Those credit cards really uh, put a, a hurting on contentment. And people think, well, I want something that my money can't buy. And so they go in debt to get it. They want to have the same car so-and-so has or the same size house so-and-so has or this, that, or the other. Never mind, so-and-so might have worked hard to get it or maybe they got blessed in a certain way to receive that. But can I say, be content, be thankful. If you have a vehicle, don't covet somebody else's. Just be glad you got something to get you from point A to point B. It sure beats walking. It sure beats riding a horse. Thank God for your vehicle. You have a house to live in, thank God for that. It might not be the mansion on the hill that so-and-so lives in, but can I say, it keeps the water off your head when it rains. It keeps the cold off your back when it's uh, wintertime. It keeps the sun from burning you to death in the middle of the summer. You gotta thank God that you have a place to lay your head. That's more than our Savior had, by the way. You gotta thank God for that. Thank God for what food you have. By the way, I've not met a Christian yet that looks too hungry in America, at least. Uh, you go to most of these preacher fellowships and Anyway, but uh, you got to be content with that. You have a hamburger, say amen. You might not have a steak, but you've got a you got a whopper. Thank God for your whopper. Be content, all right. Don't be covetousness or wrapped up in covetousness. Don't be coveting other people's things. Be content. And here's the kicker: you might not have what they have, the lost world, but you have something they don't. For He has said, "I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee." You've got Jesus. Say amen right there. You say, but I don't have this, that, or the other, but you've got God. You don't need anything else. I might not have what that lost man has, but I got God. I might not have what that politician has, but I've got God. I might not have what the athlete possesses, but I've got God. I might not have uh, what the uh, billionaire can uh, purchase or he has, but I've got God. And having God, I have all I need. I ought to be content 
with what I have. What do you have? I have him. He said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. Now, I don't know if it's true or not because I, I, I don't know. But I read the illustration where a boy came home from Bible college, and he said, I've been learning uh, the original languages in my Bible. And he said, I learned that there in Hebrews chapter 5, verse number 6. It's not exactly the way it's written uh, in, the, in the King James. It's different in the original. He's trying to impress his grandmother. His grandmother said, you talking about that verse that I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee? He said, yes, ma'am. She said, what do you mean? He said, in the original, it's not just I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee, but it's that word never. He said it's a repetitious word, and it's actually five times. He said, I'll never, 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 never leave thee nor forsake thee. She looked at her grandson and said, that's pretty impressive, son, but I'll tell you this, one is good enough for me. And can I say that's good enough for you and I as well? He said it once, and that's all that counts. Hey, I'll I'll never, he said, leave thee nor forsake thee. You might not have. You might not get. You might not acquire. You might not enjoy what somebody else has. But if you're saved, you've got it all. If you've got God, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns the hills that they're standing on. He owns the gold in every mind, every diamond uh, tucked away back in the rock someplace. Our God, thank God, what a possession that he is. I might not have what the world has, but I've got God. And therewith, I should be content. So far, we've read the first five verses of Hebrews chapter 13. These first five verses are admonitions to a saved individual, admonitions to, a we could say, a local church, admonition to you and I who are followers of Christ. And it says, love one another. Then it says, be a gracious host. Then it says, be pure. Then it says, don't be covetousness. I think I missed one. It also says, pray for them. Who are being persecuted. I think if we could get these several things nailed down in our spiritual life, we'd be doing just fine. If we could learn to love one another, don't be causing trouble in your church. Don't be quarreling with people. If we could be a gracious host and treat people well, if we'd pray for other people who are persecuted, and if we'd keep ourselves pure and we wouldn't covet what others have, but we'd be content with God, I think we'd enjoy our Christian life. Well, join us next broadcast. We'll pick up in verse number six. We're almost through our book here, the book of Hebrews. Until then, pray for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, assistant pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.